when you are like full of self-doubt 24-7, then you always feel like, I think they're going to find me out one day. How do you feel about changing our tagline? Will we change it to something new that will continuously fuck up? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we should just make it something different every time. Hmm. I don't know. Hello, friends. Hello. And welcome back to Pickles and Vodka, the mental health podcast where imperfect people have imperfect conversations. But maybe not for long. But maybe not. <laughs> not because we'll be dead or anything like that. <laughs> We might just stop talking to you. No. We might just go off the grid, you know, keep it spicy. Yeah. So for people listening, Christine and I had a little conversation earlier because, or before this, earlier. Earlier, like, two minutes ago. Yes. Every two hours, we're checking in with each other. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, but like right before we started recording, just because like, I was having a rough night last night and, you know, like said something on Facebook and texted a few people. And I mean... It was good that I got responses, you know, I appreciate that and everything, but immediately this morning, like afterwards, when, you know, people are saying, being like, oh, I saw this, how are you doing, and everything like that, I just suddenly, like, I'd 180, and I was just kind of like, you know what, nothing's better, but I'm fine this morning, and I wish people weren't talking to me, and I could just, like, hang on to Pico and be alone today. <laughs> It sucks. Like, people suck, but we also need them. Mm-hmm. It's oh. a shit deal. It really is. That's so profound. People suck, but we need them. Let's back up a little bit. Um, usually we spend a little bit at the top of each episode talking about where we're at, like, mentally. Lauren was just referring to... Well, you might not want to talk about it a ton, but yeah. you were just feeling kind of shitty last night. Yeah. And you texted some people. Mm-hmm. It's like... In the bonus episode we released a little bit back where you talk about going to the psych ward, it feels kind of similar where you're feeling not like suicidal, but not the best. And you reach out to some people, you do everything you're supposed to do, and then you don't feel better. Right. And I noticed the parallels too. And I did notice, you know, like I did actually feel like I got responses. I got people willing to talk to me. It wasn't like I was feeling like I had to be like have an in-person conversation like then. So I guess it's easier for people to just text you and you're like, can I, can you just text me back for tonight? <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it was like, I was actually getting what I asked for and you're right. It still just felt like, okay, it's still shitty. Yeah, it's shitty. I'm just going to go to bed feeling shitty, I guess. <laughs> it kind of goes along with our topic last week of toxic positivity and how sometimes like there's just nothing to say. Mm. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you'll, you'll even when you do get a hold of someone, you'll be talking to them and there's nothing they can say to make you feel better. And that's okay. Like it's yeah. just going to suck sometimes. And I'm proud of you for reaching out. I was asleep when you reached out. <laughs> I texted <laughs> you back this morning. I was like, are you okay? I know you texted me back early this morning and normally I'd be up not much later, but this is the day I work from home. So I was just like, I hope she assumes that I am because I just want to sleep. <laughs> I mean, you're a grown woman and yeah. you have a lot of experience with your own mental health. I know at the end of the day, you're going to take care of yourself, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, mean, to the best of my ability. To the yes. best of your ability. <laughs> I do worry about you, but I'm also worried about, like, everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I, like, it just sucks not only being in your situation, but being, like, 
a friend on the other side of that. It's like, I want to help, but I can't. And also everything sucks. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm sure you listeners can relate just like not knowing what to say. Yeah. What helps being... you in that situation the most? Um, when I don't know what to say to someone? I mean, I don't know. Like last night, in that situation, does it help you more to talk to someone or just keep busy? Yeah, it was like for, for the for the moment that night, it was good to have somebody to talk to to just kind of like occupy my thoughts a little more. But the only thing that really could have like solved it is if someone could have like magically made the problem not exist, which obviously yeah. no one can do. <laughs> so short of just like someone showing up, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think growing up with, you know, sitcoms and stuff and Disney Channel, I always had this idea that there would be a group of people in my life that lived just around the corner. And if I was ever bored or sad or happy, I could just call them up and they could come over and just keep me company. And I thought that's how friends worked. Mm-hmm. No, I thought the exact same thing, only I blame all of the junior high age series books that oh I read, God. you know, like, yeah the, yeah, the Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley Twins and even Sweet Valley High. There was one about like sleepovers, like the girls that had sleepovers every week. <laughs> I know. My first sleepover, dude, I was so <laughs> let down, let me tell you, <laughs> because I have anxiety. Oh, yeah. And so I'm that person, even as an adult, like if I sleep over at someone's house, this will probably Mm -hmm. happen when I sleep over at your house, by the way. Mm -hmm. I usually get up before anyone else and I just lay in bed anxious for three hours until they get up. And then I just like pretend to get up casually like, oh, you're awake. I didn't notice. Oh my God. That's, (laughs) that's kind of what I used to do as a kid too, except for, I don't think I really had the anxiety piece at all then. It was more like I was afraid of judgment or something. So yeah, I just lay there silently because I was awake and just be like, I gotta just pretend to wake up when they do. (laughs) That's kind of a great segue into today's topic. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to share it yet because Ah! (laughs) I do have some stuff to talk about with me this week. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're done. Yes. <laughs> if you're done. <laughs> if you're done, then it's time for me to talk. If you're done taking up my podcast. <laughs> Shut up. No. <laughs> well, dude, no. It, I mean, it's just been a fucking crazy week. There has not been one normal day this whole week. Wow. Whether someone called out of work and I had to do their job or like, so <laughs> this will sound really shitty and callous after saying that, but um, <laughs> Brett's grandpa died. Mm-hmm. a few days ago and mm-hmm. so we're having the funeral this weekend so okay. like we were supposed to have a housewarming party and i canceled it just oh, like obviously yeah we're gonna obviously it. but yeah it's still but, yeah, like just stuff like that and i'm feeling extra stressed and anxious and like unsafe and when i say unsafe i mean like when i don't ha- know what's gonna happen all bets are off and i just mm-hmm. revert back to like fight or flight mode mm-hmm. uh, at least that's what would happen normally Normally, I would have a week like this, and I would just, like, freak out and go off the rails, but I've been holding it together pretty well. Like, I've been able to be there for Brett and, you know, do a good job at work and all that shit. (laughs) But today, I was, like, getting all my motorcycle gear on to go to work, and I had to just sit down on the floor for, like, ten minutes because I was so anxious. And that's when it hit me, like, this is all affecting me. Like, I might not be reacting how I normally would on the outside, but on the inside, like, I'm freaking out. And I didn't really realize it until this morning. 
Uh, and so I took tomorrow off from work. Oh, good. Most importantly, just be there for Brett and his family because he mm-hmm. is having to work most of the time, like through all this. I know we've talked about uh, some of this, but I can't remember if you said, is your work good about like if you're just taking off either saying or just able to do like I need a mental health day? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't just be like, I'm taking a mental health day. You yeah. know, I mean, I told them what the situation was. They were very understanding. They're they're usually very understanding. Like right now, a bunch of people at my work are having health problems, and they've been really understanding about them taking off work and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's good. It's just been very um, not the status quo, and I don't yeah. like that. So yeah, that's, I can where tell. I'm at. that's where I'm at this week. All right, your two co-hosts here feeling kind of funky. Yeah, we're feeling kind of funky, we're sad, we're stressed, we're anxious, but that's just how we normally are. That too. That's why you love us. <laughs> yes. I've also been feeling like I um, laugh too much this week. Oh, I feel like that every single time we record, just so you know. Yeah. I mean, it's been brought to my attention more lately, just that like maybe I make too many jokes about topics that maybe shouldn't be joked about. Like, in real life, not the podcast. Yeah. I, I just, no. in real life, I feel like I make light of things too much. It's it's mostly stuff about me. Like, when I'm talking about me, then I have to, like, laugh it off and be like, huh, but it's, it's really funny. It's not really tragic, like I just described. Because I also feel like I end up laughing too much, like, when I'm in a therapy appointment. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you, you, they're asking all this uncomfortable stuff, and you're just like, oh, yeah, but <laughs> it's kind of funny that that happened, huh? <laughs> It's not a big deal. It's me we're talking about. Right. <laughs> and that is another great segue that I'm not wasting this time. Okay. <laughs> Today we are talking about imposter syndrome. Ooh, yes. <laughs> which I know that we have both dealt with a ton. Uh-huh. I have been dealing with it since I made the podcast and actively struggle with it to this day. And I've always wanted to make an episode about it. So I thought today we just would bite Let's the bullet. It. Let's do it. So yeah. <laughs> what is imposter syndrome? Before I give you my whole answer, I want to hear from you, like, what you feel like it is in your life, what your experience with it has been over the years. So, yeah, I wasn't going to define it because I know when you first said that I was waiting, I was like, I know she looked up like a definition or something, (laughs) which is good because for some reason, this is what I can't, I feel like I can't get a handle on. I'm just kind of like, I know the feeling. That's all. (laughs) How would you describe the feeling of imposter syndrome in your life? For me, it's feeling like there is all these things that I look down on in other people. I can't stand somebody that acts like this certain way. And then I think I start to like fear that like, oh, that's because you don't like what you see in yourself. So you are also that person. Ooh, so like projecting almost? Yeah, so almost like I'm pretending to, you know, like be the person that I would admire, but I secretly think I'm the person I hate. Okay, I think I know what you mean. Like at work sometimes in the past, I have felt like the person who is very negative and always bringing up what's wrong and like trying to play by the rules and doing everything exactly right and i hate it when other people do that but then i think i'm that person and everyone hates me yes i was trying to think of an example and as you were talking i got a good one which is um when a small thing happens to them and i feel like they make it a huge deal like so they can get attention i mean if you were just kind of like Oh, I cracked my nail and I'm, I, everyone should feel sorry for me. I, I'm practically on death's door. 
god, yeah, I do that too. <laughs> but that's what, so so I feel like I go the complete opposite way. You know, I I would not, like, bring attention to anything unless, like, oops, I cut my leg off. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's a problem. But I secretly feel that, like, anytime I'm talking, I'm like, oh my god, do I just sound like I just want attention for all this little shit? Oh my god, yes. I feel guilty telling friends about my problems, but I'll listen to other friends' problems all day mm-hmm. long. But somehow mm-hmm. my problems, like, aren't significant enough yeah so that's pretty much exactly what it is so fang is outside the door trying to come in i don't know if you can hear him i did i had to look because i was like which cat is that yours or mine (laughs) Uh, my sister bonnie just got a black cat as well and she's like are all black cats this vocal and i'm like yes i think yes (laughs) just listen to the podcast (laughs) (laughs) um but so imposter syndrome is not actually a diagnosable mental illness Mm -hmm. um but it's loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud okay I'm trying to look at my notes here. I, I try to get organized and put my notes in one place, and I'm currently looking mm-hmm. at, like, three browser tabs, a notepad, and a, my phone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I can't remember um, what it was called exactly, but have you ever done schema therapy? What's that? I don't know the best way to explain it, but, I mean, it is, like, attachment theory and things like that. Like, one might be, like, fear of abandonment or something like that, and, you know, like, you answer a bunch of these questions about, like, your personality and how you feel about things and from that you know they can see like where your like main issues of focus are and that's what I feel like one of them it's not called that but it is something like feeling like a fraud and I think I got very high on that one (laughs) (laughs) so basically people who suffer from imposter syndrome are usually high achievers makes sense (laughs) most of the examples that I found had to do with work and Mm -hmm. um, academic excelling like people who have worked really hard their whole lives but they still don't feel like they deserve to take up the space they're in or they feel like Mm -hmm. they're not as competent as their peers or they just feel like they're a a rotten person at their core and that they're just like a big old fake Uh, I feel like I fall into that category (laughs) same I was like well that sounds familiar (laughs) yeah and the reason I think I haven't made an episode about imposter st- imposter syndrome in four years of the podcast is that it's kind of a scary topic for me because I'm, I still struggle with it so much. Like, yeah, <laughs> every single moment of every single day, I f- basically feel like a fake. Like, oh, you never watched BoJack Horseman, did you? No. <laughs> there are these characters that are children. And they're trying mm-hmm. to make people think that they're adults. And so, like, one kid stands on top of the other one, and they put a trench coat on. And they're mm-hmm. like, <laughs> they're like we're, we're an adult. <laughs> and it, I, I'm, like, totally messing up this. But um, there's an imposter syndrome again. If you guys want to, like, know how my brain looks on imposter syndrome, this episode is going to be very interesting. <laughs> but that's how I feel basically I feel like two Mm -hmm. kids in a trench coat sometimes I'm just like I'm not a real adult I'm just faking it you immediately also made me think of did you ever like this would be I don't know maybe it would hit you because younger kids watched it (laughs) I preface so much I should just ask the damn question no it's Um, okay we're very big on um big wind-ups did you but did you ever watch um the cartoon Animaniacs 
No, but I know what you're talking about. They would have recurring characters, you know, would have little segments on there too. And my my absolute favorite, who I think got voted as like the least favorite character, <laughs> was Chicken Boo. Chicken and, Boo? And it was this big chicken, you know, he, he would be like the size of, of the people around him. And he would just put on a mustache and just, you know, like be this chicken and just like with a little fake mustache. And then he's, you know, like going into the bar and everyone like immediately assumes from this disguise, like, oh, you're just another person, you know, like, hey, <laughs> cowboy or whatever. And there's always one person that's just like, how can you not see this? He's a giant chicken. And everybody's <laughs> like, hates that person and shuns him. And is like, what are you thinking? <laughs> oh, I am totally that person. But to myself, I'm like, guys, don't you see this? I'm a fake why are you letting me work here <laughs> but but yeah that's what I feel like like I'm not even hiding it very well you know I'm still me I just like stuck a mustache on and pretended to be somebody else like don't you believe me <laughs> oh yeah I mean I think it's really common too with people who have gone through trauma because a lot of people like that myself included have a lot of um oh what's the word what's the opposite of a benefit uh, a drawback? A drawback? We have a lot... <laughs> There's probably a better word, but that is an opposite. <laughs> we ha- yeah, for lack of a better word, we have a lot of drawbacks in life. Detriment? Detriment, like yes. That. Okay. <laughs> You're the best. Yes. <laughs> Detriment. English degree! Woo! <laughs> yes. Speaking of which, I felt like a huge imposter when I started working after getting oh. my degree. God, me too. We're probably going to talk about work a lot in this episode because it does come up a lot with imposter syndrome. I do feel definitely like an imposter at work because um, right now, especially where I am, I am our accounting department. And the thing is, I took some classes once, but I never got an accounting degree. I obviously never took like a CPA test or anything like that. I'm like, I hesitate to call myself an accountant because an accountant should have this designation or whatever. And I'm just like, I don't have that. I just kind of like faked my way into some accounting jobs and learned stuff on the job. I know a lot of people who got their jobs that way. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, it's like, cool, I can do that. I can just like yeah. fake it till I make it. <laughs> when you are like full of self-doubt 24-7, then you always feel like, I think they're going to find me out one day. I'm going to read some of the signs of imposter syndrome because I can relate to every single one and it kind of freaks me out. So Uh-oh. some of the characteristics are an inability to realistically assess your competence and skills, uh-huh. um, attributing your success to external factors. So like oh. saying... My podcast is only around today because I'm lucky or people pity Mm -hmm. listen Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. It's not because we worked hard and we put out a good product. It's just, you know, people listen because they feel sorry for us. Like, that's so ridiculous (laughs) when you say it. Yes. Um, Another characteristic is berating your performance. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Fear that you won't live up to expectations. Overachieving, sabotaging your own success, self-doubt, and setting very challenging goals and feeling disappointed when you fall short. Yes. That is a huge one. I agree. Um, And then the impact of imposter syndrome can actually be pretty severe. So, like, the day-to-day impacts can be just, like, nervousness, restlessness, anxiety. But then over time, it can lead to burnout depression and even suicidality because when you you feel like you have no place you you can't take up space and you don't belong 
then you can see how that quickly can turn into, well, why do I even belong on this planet? I was just thinking how people say, like, the, the social media factor affects people because other people are usually only posting things that make it look like their life is great because you yep. aren't usually posting, you know, like, today I had a rotten day <laughs> or today I just felt blah and nothing happened. You don't post that. You post like, oh my gosh, I went to this like swanky restaurant and I went to this fun concert and stuff like that. Yep. I literally was looking at my photos before this, trying to think of something to post. And because mm-hmm. I didn't have anything cool, I was like, I guess I just won't post. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know? and, and that is another thing that, that this article recommends to help with imposter syndrome is just like avoiding social media. <laughs> Or like limiting social media. Totally fair. Which is easier said than done, especially Mm -hmm. if you have a business or like a podcast or something. Like you can't stay away from it completely, but you're totally right. Like it is so easy to feel like an imposter when you're seeing everyone else living their best lives, quote unquote. Yeah. It's because it's hard not to assume when that's all you see. That's just like, oh, wow. So everything's perfect for them. But I know I have all of these days where I feel rotten and nothing happens and I accomplish nothing. It's like, no, they probably have those too. (laughs) Everyone does, but people just don't talk about it. Also Mm -hmm. now, because you said that, I'm going to post a post that's just like my face with no makeup. I'm just going to be like, nothing happened today. (laughs) (laughs) I post, yeah. Hi, I exist. (laughs) I'm saying this on the podcast, so I will actually do it. (laughs) Okay, so I have some personal stories I can share. I also have types of imposter syndrome that I thought were really interesting. Which do you want first? Let's hear the types, because I feel like we can just ramble on about personal stories as long as needed. (laughs) This article I found on... There's a car. (laughs) I live on a busy street, and there's always people just, like, being fools. So (laughs) I found this uh, article on verywellmind.com called, Mm -hmm. What is Imposter Syndrome? And it has a lot of really good facts about imposter syndrome, but one of my favorite parts of the article are where they list the types of imposter syndrome. And again, mm-hmm. this is not a diagnosis. This is just like the author of the article. Um, it's a psychology site, so like they do kind of know what they're talking about. Yeah. But um, so here are the types of imposter syndrome, according to verywellmind.com. So there's the perfectionist. This type of imposter syndrome involves believing that unless you are absolutely perfect, you could have done better. You mm-hmm. feel like an imposter because your per- perfectionistic traits make you believe that you're not as good as others might think you are. I can relate to that. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, then there's the expert. The expert feels like an imposter because they don't know everything there is to know about something or like they haven't mastered every single step because there's something more for them to learn, they don't feel as if they've reached the rank of expert. So like, even though I've, you know, been making a podcast for four years because I never like went to school for it or anything or have never gotten paid for it, I feel like I still don't know what I'm doing because I still have so much to learn. Mm -hmm. So I can relate to this one a lot. Um, Okay, then there's the natural genius. So this is kind of similar to the gifted child syndrome, which Uh is a whole other thing. Yeah. But basically, like, in this type, you may feel like a fraud because you don't believe that you're naturally intelligent. So this is the opposite of the gifted child syndrome. Instead of being raised to think that you are very gifted and you know everything, you were basically raised that you don't believe you're naturally intelligent. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, like, if you don't get something right the first time or if it takes you a little longer than someone else, you feel like an imposter. Gotcha. And that happens with me a lot. Like, I'll start a hobby and if I'm not good at it right away... I'm like, oh, this, I'm just not supposed to learn this. Like, I don't have it in me. See, I felt kind of the opposite, but 
definitely not falling into gifted child because what I actually think is based on whatever evidence I have, you know, like standardized tests and stuff that I think like, oh, I probably am like possibly a lot smarter than I am aware or give myself credit for. But I feel like the reason that it doesn't work out like I'm not top of my class or anything like that is because I just secretly think that I am lazy and don't put in the work that I need to. <laughs> I've called myself lazy on this podcast before and I, th- I listen back and I'm like, dude, you're not lazy. You're just anxious and, yeah. you let your, and your anxiety paralyzes you. I don't know why I brought up gifted child syndrome because that's basically when like you do well academically and, and then you get into the real world. And you're like, why am I not being rewarded for all this? That's kind of, yeah. is that kind of what you were talking about? That's, I was going to say, I, I have a friend and her and her sister both got it from their parents, but her particularly, that she was yeah basically told that she could do everything and she could do no wrong. And, you know, if things didn't work out for her, then it was only because people didn't realize that she was the smartest kid alive. And so her response to that seems to be like, she doesn't adhere to what you would think of as like social normities because she just feels like I get to do anything I want. Ooh, see, I feel kind of like that, but I wasn't forced. Like I was raised outside of society, not by my own choice. Mm-hmm. So I feel on one hand, like I'm not part of society and I don't have to be because like I was raised in this way that's not like everyone else. And so why should I adhere to everyone else? But then I'm like, but I want to be with everyone else. Yeah, like, I I wanted to give an example. I, I had to think about it, like, is she ever going to possibly hear this? I don't think so. <laughs> but um, she was with me and some friends were um, shopping in Target once. And, you know, it was basically just like, she got tired of shopping first. And, you know, probably just was like, yeah, I'm done. I want to go home, you know, when you get that feeling. But everyone else is still kind of like, oh, I still want to look at this. And so you got to just kind of go with it and be like, all right, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what people do. Exactly. But when that happened for her, she just sat down in the middle of the floor because she was tired. Oh, And so, yeah, and I mean, that can be funny when, you know, you're like 15 or 16 years old with your friends. You're like, I'm just going to sit on the floor, you know? Yeah. But this is like a 30-year-old adult that's just kind of like, oh, people aren't leaving when I want to leave and I'm tired, so I'm just going to sit here. All right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how that relates to imposter syndrome, but that's a whole other thing. No, that was was more the the gifted child thing. It's like she thinks she can do this because... No one's told her that she's ever been wrong. <laughs> yeah, that that is something to talk about for sure, too. But all that to say, the natural genius is like the opposite of that. It's like you believe that everyone else is naturally intelligent or like everyone else gets okay. it, but you don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I understand that, too. <laughs> yeah. Tangent. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the next type is the soloist. It's also possible to feel like an imposter if you had to ask for help to reach a certain level or status. And since you couldn't get there on your own, you question your competence or abilities. Can you relate to this one? I get some of that. I'm not sure I relate to that one as much as the others. I mean, that one I relate to recovery. Oh. Because I did have a lot of help to get here. And I think everyone who is able to get healthier with whatever they're dealing with. I think most people have had help with that. Like, it's really hard to get anywhere with your mental health without help. But with that said, it doesn't keep you from feeling guilty that you had help. 
And that's mm-hmm. kind of how I feel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just the, the overarching thinking of just like, oh my God, I should not have had to waste so much time and money in treatment. <laughs> exactly. And like, you know, if I couldn't get to where I am now without that help, then I must be broken. Because other people don't need that help. And this is all on the outward surface. Everyone needs help. But like... Yeah. 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 Um, the last type of imposter syndrome is the super person. So the super person believes that they have to be the hardest worker or reach the highest level of achievement possible. And if you don't, you're a fraud. I think I feel like I relate to that feeling, but it's not strong enough that I usually act on it because I know like... I feel horribly guilty that I almost never stay late for work. You know, I want to be the person that it's like, I'm getting everything done today. And, you know, I'll put everything that's above anything else in my life because I'm such a good worker. But I don't. I want to go home. So I do. Yeah. I would say that's healthy, though. (laughs) Oh, for sure. But yeah. But I do know that, yes, I I end up feeling guilty. Like, I wish I was that person. Yeah, I can relate to that a lot. Like, we were all raised with really strong work ethics, which is great because we're hard workers and stuff. But also that has an obvious bad side because then it leads to burnout. Mm -hmm. And even if you are the hardest worker there or you reach the highest level, like, there's still going to be people above you or people who you perceive to work harder than you. So burnout central. Yeah, I do also think, yes, that I was that person because I know I have specifically done some work on myself for things like you feel like you have to stay here until, you know, you complete this task, even if you're staying like three hours overtime. But actually, it's better for you to just go home and no one's mm-hmm. going to think badly of you. And I tell myself that so I can do it, but I still secretly think I just look lazy. <laughs> okay, but actually, I'm, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but that is actually <laughs> one of the biggest ways that you can combat imposter syndrome is like mm. positive self-talk. Because, mm-hmm. like, one, I'm, I'm going to get into, like, what imposter syndrome looks like in most yeah. people. But for most people, it's negative self-talk. Just yeah. being like, I am not as good. I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. I'm fake. All this stuff. So the opposite of that, obviously, would be positive self-talk. So, like, I'm not lazy. I'm just, I worked the normal amount and I'm tired. And I know that if I stay and work later, then... Not only will people not necessarily be like, wow, she's such a hard worker, but right. <laughs> you're not going to impress anybody. Like, everyone else wants to go home, too, probably. Right. <laughs> you know? So that is kind of all of the surface info that I found on imposter syndrome. Okay. Um, I have the urge to ask you if you have any questions. I feel like I should have been a teacher <laughs> in another life. <laughs> right. But do you have any questions? Not at this time, Miss Christina. <laughs> All right. Moving forward. I want to share a few examples from my life, mostly having to do with the podcast because it's relevant. Mm-hmm. So when I started this in 2018, one of the biggest factors was I did feel like an imposter. Mm-hmm. I was living a normal life on the outside but I was miserable and dealing with like an eating disorder depression addiction all this stuff but I was also in school about to graduate I was Mm -hmm. also moving across the country and like on the outside it looks like I have a pretty good social life but I I just felt like an imposter and so that's why I started the podcast to talk about all this stuff openly and talking to other people about my mental health really helped and made me feel a little more normal and so 
Fast forward to episode 53 called Not Not Another Bulimia Episode. Okay. Uh, So when I recorded it, um, I wasn't sure if I was committed to recovery. The whole first part of the episode is just me talking about, like, am I committed to recovery? Will I ever be free of these thoughts? Will I ever stop hating my body? Will I ever stop spending all my money on food? Just feeling really (laughs) hopeless. Yeah. And so I re-listened to that episode two days ago. Mm Mm-hmm. In 2022. <laughs> and listening to that, I feel like I did accomplish a lot of those things. And uh, how long is it since you did that? Like, what? Like, uh, I recorded that in 2021, like, okay. spring. So it's been over it's a, like year. a year. and a half. Yeah. So, on the surface, I've achieved a lot of the things that I expressed in that episode. Like, I can't remember the last time I binged and purged. I have more of a financial buffer. I don't think about food all the time. I still don't like my body, but I don't think about it 24 Mm seven with as much like violent hatred as I used to. Yeah. So So things are going pretty good, but (laughs) I still feel like an imposter because now, even though I'm at a better place with my bulimia, there's still a lot of other things I can't get a handle on. So like money is a big one. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of debt. I'm not making a lot of money. I don't have savings. You know, I'm in my 30s and I can't afford to travel, even just to another neighboring city. Like, and so going on social media and seeing all my peers doing those things, I feel like an imposter. I feel sad. I feel like all the work I've done in my bulimia recovery doesn't matter because I'm still struggling. And even the bulimia, I don't take it for granted, Mm -hmm. you know. But the whole reason that I wanted to comment on that episode is because as I was listening, I was like, wow. I am not an imposter. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I actually am capable of doing this stuff and improving my life, but the only one in my way is me. And Mm. that's, I don't know, it's kind of bordering on toxic positivity there. (laughs) Um, So being a mental health podcaster, I think, comes with a special kind of imposter syndrome because we're talking about all these really intimate vulnerable things and it's a good thing to do it's very important but also I think I put this pressure on myself to be like that all the time Mm -hmm. and like it's a lot of pressure yeah I get that I feel um even if I have a hard time like people do I I should know how to help myself because I talk about this exactly like that's why I say all the time we're not a self-help podcast because we can right. really help ourselves exactly like just because we talk about this stuff all the time it doesn't mean we're experts like we are real people who are struggling but with that said it, it does take a lot of work to and bravery yeah. to talk about this stuff and an interesting thing I thought of both when you were just talking and when you were, were talking about feeling it as far as recovery feeling like oh you know I shouldn't have needed help with that then Totally on on another idea, I was thinking how I feel like a fake a lot of times in my mental illness and things that I deal with because I feel like there was a time when I actually, like, wanted almost all of them. Like, I actively feel, I feel like I actively pursued it. Oh my god, yes. And I mean, this this is going to, I'm I'm not going to say it yet, this might be a little, uh push into what our next pickle poll is going to be. But I, I do like, because I know there's a lot of people that like, yes, when they start, you know, they maybe aren't realizing what they're getting into and are like, yes, I think that an eating disorder will solve all my problems. You know, like that one's kind of common. But I also remember like being a young kid and 
probably like starting to read books about things like that and just thinking like, I think that I should have depression someday because, you know, you just are like laying around and beautiful and can't make yourself get out of bed. But, oh, it's just, it's all so, so tiring. And everyone is sorry for you and is fawning over you and saying, please come out. (laughs) And I just, yeah, I had this like beautiful view of it. Yeah. I feel like an imposter in my mental illness. And I also feel like an imposter in my recovery. Like with mental illness, I feel like I'm not bad enough. Yeah. Th- this also goes into our like big T trauma, little T trauma mm-hmm. conversation we had a few weeks ago. Like I know that I've been traumatized, but because I haven't been traumatized in the way that other people have been traumatized, I feel like I don't deserve to talk about it. I mean, that's imposter syndrome. Yes, you know? that's true. <laughs> and that's the kind of stuff that just keeps us in the dark and keeps everyone thinking that way that they don't deserve to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's so dangerous. Yeah. Um, another thing. Well, no, I want to. I want to talk about that a little more. Just like feeling sure. like an imposter syndrome in the mental health sphere. Yeah. Because that's very unique to us, and I feel like a lot of people can relate. I don't know. Do you, Do you have anything else more to say about that in particular? Yeah, because I was going to say, especially at some point. Yes, I did develop depression. Yes, I did develop an eating disorder. Yes, I did get an anxiety disorder. But when those things happened, anybody else would be like, well, no shit, you know. But but I was telling myself then, I was like, well, that can't be it because, you know, you kind of wanted this. So you're really, we're just trying to make it happen. It's not real. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like you did this to yourself. Yeah. You're the reason you're this way, but also it happened to you and you have no control over it and you're just going to be this way forever. It's so exhausting. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it really is self-sabotage, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't like there are reasons this happens. There's too many causes to really talk about here, really. But obviously a big one is like parenting styles. Like if you're raised by someone who valued achievement or yes. like parents who flip back and forth between praise and criticism. Like stuff mm-hmm. like that can make a kid feel like they really have to perform all the time. One of the biggest things I got growing up from my parents that I realized later is that they clearly uh, prized in me that I was able to entertain myself. I didn't need things. You know, I, I didn't create a scene. I was always quiet and good and didn't ask them for too much. So You know, they're always saying, like, she's so great to their friends. Like, she can entertain herself. We don't even have to go out of our way. And she doesn't need anything. So I'm hearing that and thinking, like, well, keep that up. Because that's why your parents are saying you're good. And then it's just like, oh, why don't I have any friends? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a lot of other things, too, can contribute. Just, like, personality. Like, if you're just a naturally anxious person who's self-doubting all the time, then you're going to feel imposter syndrome sometimes. Um, you know, people with low self-esteem, yeah. people with perfectionism. The nice, healthy, in air quotes, combination of extreme perfectionism and extreme self-doubt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a big way that I struggle with imposter syndrome currently on the podcast is mm-hmm. sharing personal things. So... In the beginning, it was really hard to share things because I yeah. hadn't really done it before. And, you know, over the course of the podcast's life in the beginning, I got better and better at doing that. And mm-hmm. a lot of that was because of the guests I had, just talking to people about it. And that 
felt really good and helped fix a lot of my imposter syndrome, like I said before. But lately, I feel like I've been holding myself back more on the podcast or like not sharing as much as I could. Mm -hmm. And that's gotten me thinking like, am I really honest? Like, am I really doing what I set out to do in the first place, which is just talk about this stuff? And then I realized I'm not an imposter. Like, I'm not being fake. The reason that I might not use this podcast as that kind of outlet anymore is because, like, I am better at talking about that stuff in real life now. And, like, I don't need the podcast just for that anymore. Right, right, right. Because now I feel empowered to talk to the people in my life when I'm going through hard stuff. Like, I'm that person that never shuts up about mental health now. Like, it's almost to the opposite problem now where I sometimes I'll alienate people by oversharing. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, so different than I was when I started. And rather than being like, oh, I'm a fake because I don't share as much as I used to on the podcast, it's like, no, like, this is actually a huge sign of growth because I'm able to talk about this stuff more in real life now. And it's not, it's just change. Change is weird. Yes. (laughs) That's all I wanted to say. Like, change is weird. Growth is weird. People are not going to stay the same forever. And so when you do inevitably change, you're not being fake. You're just different. Yeah. (laughs) And that's my TED Talk. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) It was, no, it's interesting to hear you say that because it actually kind of like, I feel like it almost solved a question for me that the same thing happened. Because um, I was near the beginning, like maybe a year or two after Live Journal started, that I know I got on it. And I was like super involved. I mean, come on, you know, I've just, I've talked about some. I still have like friends that I know from when we were connecting on Live Journal. Yeah, you're talking <laughs> about the very beginning. But yeah, I'd say there was a lot of years where that was just like a huge part of my life. And then, you know, everybody kind of got away from it. And I tried a few times, I remember thinking, you know, I've gone back and I've read and I'm just like, there's some really important and, you know, dare I say, profound entries in here. And I think it's good to kind of like think through that. And I've tried to start it again a few times, knowing that it doesn't matter that nobody is really on it right now. Because when I started, I had zero friends on there. And they yeah, just came it's along. like you're doing it for you. Yeah. And so and that's what I thought is I was like, I want to get in this mode again and, you know, produce the kind of things that I were before. But I would only, yeah, make maybe like an entry or two, and then I would disappear for another year, and then I might try it again, and it wouldn't work. And I feel like, I think you're right. I think I maybe I had learned to talk about this without having to type it into a computer screen. And there is some grieving that goes with that, I think. Mm-hmm. Just like I grieve sometimes for like the really early days of the podcast, because like things are different now, and it's better. Of course it is. I'm here. Exactly. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> but you know, no, that's not how nostalgia works or wistfulness, whatever. Yes. We talked about it on our regret episode. I know. <laughs> it's okay to reminisce about the past and who you used to be, but you have to realize that that's not who I am anymore and I don't cope the way I used to. And that's not always a bad thing. And that's true. Yeah, I, I do miss kind of like hiding out and being up in the middle of the night, yeah, typing into my live journal, <laughs> but also... Yeah, I just don't need that now. Yeah. Um, so how do you cope with imposter syndrome? That is the thing that I wanted to leave y'all with. And I don't really have a good answer because I'm still figuring it out. But one thing that's been really helping me is just questioning the thoughts that I have. Like, if I feel like I don't know what I'm doing at work, I'll look at my what I'm working on and I'll be like, okay, 
this is a spreadsheet. It does what it's supposed to do. It looks good. Other people are able to use it, so that means I designed a good spreadsheet. Uh-huh. I, I'm good at spreadsheets. Like, why am I doubting my abilities with spreadsheets? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm trying to apply that same logic to other areas of my life, like uh-huh. relationships. I feel like I don't have any friends and I never pay attention to the people in my life and no one ever wants to talk to me and I'm just like a terrible friend. I feel like that a lot. But if I step back and look at like my messages and stuff, it's like, okay, I I might not be talking to people every day. Like I might not be close to a lot of friends geographically. I can't be in their lives in the way that I used to be. But like, I'm a pretty good friend like when I'm there. And everyone is busy. Like, everyone has yes. personal shit. It's That's not... the thing, is we are adults. We're not, you know, like, college kids or high school kids that, yeah, don't have to worry about taking care of their basic needs as well. <laughs> but with that said, trauma can sometimes, like I said, make you... Oh, my God. I forgot the word again. Not drawbacks. Detriment. Detriment, yeah. <laughs> God. I... My brain is different at night. I'm... I'll just say that. Um... But yeah, like people with trauma sometimes do think that way, I'm saying. Like sometimes they might not have emotionally progressed past that level of like Mm -hmm. high school or whatever. And so I'm just saying if you do react in that way, it's not your fault necessarily. Just be aware of it. Yeah. Something that I thought of for an example, a good example, because we have been telling a lot of work stories. And so today I decided... I was going to get down and do, my boss sent me a couple days ago, it's the the yearly review that we're going to go through, but he said he likes to send them out and have you basically rate yourself. Oh my and, God. You know, stop. how you think and send it back into him. It's my worst nightmare. I know. And that's why, <laughs> that's why like, I'm never getting a raise. <laughs> I feel like specifically I, I put that off for today because today I work from home and so I could just kind of like, if I felt like I was going to just like suddenly have to scream or <laughs> or cry or something. I'm sweating just listening to But yeah, the hardest thing was, you know, the, the first half was just descriptions of what we had determined to be the duties of the job I do. And just saying, like, how would you rate yourself on this from one to five? And, you know, some of them, I would look at it and I'd be like, I don't think I ever had a problem with that. Can I say five? Does that, does that sound like... I'm perfect. <laughs> oh my god, that's literally yeah. how my brain works. Yeah, Any sort of, like, whenever I have to say something nice about myself, or basically, like, toot my own horn, I just, I just become a ball of guilt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Imposter syndrome at its finest. Yeah, so that was really difficult. You know, in a few months, I'll let you know if my imposter syndrome earned or cost me a raise. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of you, though. That's not easy to do. <laughs> no. But yeah, um, I don't really have anything else to say, except no? if you do struggle with imposter syndrome, maybe ask yourself why. Like, ask yourself, am I really as shitty of a person as I think I am? Or is this maybe in my head? Do I believe I'm worthy of love and recognition? Like, do I have to be perfect for others to approve of me? And if I say yes, then, like, why is that? And that's, you know, it's a long, long road toward self-inspection. Uh, not inspection. <laughs> I can't, oh, my God. 
it's it's a long road of like self discovery and it'll be really hard and we're not there yet but like we're doing the work and you should join us because it's hard alone it's also hard when pico just randomly decides to chase after meatball <laughs> that must be a cue that we should stop so yeah pico has imposter syndrome too he thinks he has a very large dog <laughs> oh yeah uh, I actually thought about that earlier when you were talking about the chicken. I was like, yeah. that sounds like dogs. Like, all dogs I know that are little think they're way bigger, and all dogs I know that are huge think they're tiny. He also thinks he's a cat, I believe, which I think is funny because I've had a friend, you know, that said, like, oh, I feel like everybody says, you know, like, oh, but my cat's cool because he acts more like a dog. And I was like, I think my dog acts more like a cat. I mean, he sits in the window. He kind of slinks around if you like, get close to him. Pico, you can be a cat if you want to be. You know, who yeah. are we to tell you? Exactly. You're the size of one. So Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell our lovely listeners uh, what the next pickle poll will be so they have time to prepare for it? Oh my gosh. Of course I do. Next week... It is going to be focusing on romanticizing mental illness. I'm so That's fucking That's where excited. I was coming at, where I said, I wish that I had this beautiful depression. Yeah. <laughs> so, so do you feel like you have romanticized certain types of mental illness? And how does this relate or contrast to the mental issues that you've actually dealt with? So go on our Instagram at Pickles and Vodka Podcast and answer that sucker. And we'll share the answers next week. And it's going to be great. This is one where I did not have imposter syndrome. I came up with that and I was like, go read my poll. It's fantastic. It's so good. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that is pickles and vodka, everybody. I don't really Mm -hmm. have a palate cleanser because I didn't find one. Well, as we said up top, we're, we're both kind of funky feeling tonight. I think yeah. that is fine. When your co-hosts need a palate cleanser, but they're too exhausted to yeah. find a palate cleanser, Aww. so you just end it like, okay, yeah. bye. <laughs> but yeah, guys, uh, we love you, and we'll see you next week. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs>